Last Monday, I was praying, and some days it's more anointed. I've always found that my Mondays probably are the most anointed prayer, but I think that's the first of the week. And uh, when I was done, a couple things that, that were spoken to my heart, I believe, by the Spirit of God. And it's this scripture. I, w- I want you to put this scripture up for me, please. Because I want you to start the year out with the scripture. I want you to learn this like 1 plus 1 is 2 or 2 plus 2 is 4. Does everybody see this scripture up here? Okay. It says, it's from 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. It states, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has what? Prepared for those who love him prepared for those who love him. And so we'll talk more about that scripture. But I want you to get that scripture, write it down, print it up, put it somewhere, and so you can look at it on a daily basis. That that scripture, and we'll, we'll look at it as far as the text itself and what it represents. But I want you to know God has good things prepared for you. And part of the way that you're going to receive those good things is by the Spirit of God, is knowing them by the Spirit. And so, thank you, you can take that down. Then the other thing that I believe the Spirit of God spoke to me were these words. Plan, everyone say plan. For success. Plan for success. How many would rather plan for failure? No? No? God wants you and I to plan this year to succeed. Whatever you do, whatever your, your job is, your career, whether you're a student, then plan on being successful at what you do. Can I have a better amen than that weak, pathetic amen? God wants you and I to succeed. Gunner, he wants you to succeed. Your folks are investing a lot in you. They want, you, they want you to succeed. God wants us to succeed. No matter your age, what your background, what you've been through, where you're at, what stage in your life, just think about that. You know, you could give a lot of scriptures. Beloved, I wish above all things that you might prosper, be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen? And so I think that's a good word for the year. The Amplified says, What eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made and keeps ready. I like that. Made and keeps ready for those who love him. Now listen. Who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him, and gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. A little bit, bit different meaning. In the Amplified, God has good things in store for you and I if we will affectionately reverence, promptly obey him, and recognize the benefits that he's bestowed upon us. So think about that. Now, last week, do you remember, some of you weren't here, and and that's all right, but uh, I just want to review. Do you remember what we talked about? God wants to do what kind of things in this year? New things, but what do you and I have to do in order to walk in those new things and receive those new things? 
forget the past failures, forget the past mistakes, forget your regrets, and be focused on this new year that God wants to do new things. Amen. And everyone said amen. Now, we're going to start a new series. And uh, I'm excited about this series. And uh, we're going to talk about purpose. Everyone say purpose. Purpose. So there's seven, I have seven aspects of the subject of purpose. And I know there's a lot more. But all these seven aspects start with the letter P. And so this morning we're going to start and look at the first one. Now this week in Common Ground, you'll get ahead in in the series because you're going to be talking about goal setting. And uh, so, and that has a lot to do with purpose, but you can go through that. But this morning, we're going to look at purpose and providence. Purpose and providence. Webster's defines purpose as the object for which something exists or is done, and it means end in view. So it's the object for which something exists. I want you to know that God made you for a purpose. God made me for a purpose. And if you're here today, you're young, and it took me a while to find my purpose. I have basically two purposes in my life, and I'll get into that some other time. Some might have more than two. Some might just have one. But everyone here has a purpose. If you're young and you're going to school, you're going to college, don't get all excited and stew about the future. But if, you, if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, if you'll you know, get into the Word of God and, and spend some time in prayer, you will discover your purpose. And it's, it's, this church has a purpose. This church has had a purpose in Norfolk, Nebraska, for many years, you've been a part, some of you have been a part of this church. You had an important purpose in regards to Harvest Church. And you say, well, we're not a big church. Listen, I'll tell you what, we accomplish as much or as if not more than big churches. If you look at the statistics and our giving and what we've done, we far surpass big churches. And it's important you understand your purpose. And if you do understand your purpose for your life, your purpose in regards to being part of the church, then you're going to be more effective. If you don't have purpose for your life, you'll just go through life. Cemeteries are full of people that never achieved their God-given purpose. It's true. Now, here's a definition. Dr. Miles Monroe says, True leadership cannot be born or exist without a sense of purpose. Purpose is the discovery of a reason for your existence and is defined as the original intent for the creation of a thing. Purpose is the discovery of a reason for your existence and is defined as the original intent for the creation of a thing. Every human being 
was created for a specific purpose. And when that purpose is discovered, then a leader is born. Boy, I, I like that. I really like that. Every human being was created for a specific purpose. And when that purpose is discover, discovered, then a leader is born. You know why there are not a lot of leaders? Got any ideas? No purpose. No purpose. And, and, it, and they, they take this attitude, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm nothing. I came from nothing. My background, I, I, didn't, I don't have anything. I don't have an education. I'm this or I'm not that. Well, you haven't discovered that you have a purpose. And if you'll discover your purpose for life, then you're going to have something to contribute to the body of Christ. How are we doing our offerings this year? She's had purpose for a long time. She says, this is what I want to do. I said, that's fine. Well, that's a purpose. There's a purpose why we do this. There's a purpose why we have common ground on Wednesday nights. And I realize some people work. I understand that, your schedules. But I don't understand if you're home and you're not in part of common ground, then you don't understand our purpose. There should be a purpose why we receive tithes and offerings. There's a purpose why we worship every Sunday. There's a purpose when, you know, in every day in, in our life, there should be purpose. Purpose and providence. What do you mean by that? I mean, we have a God-given purpose because God cares for us. He's made us sons and daughters. We have purpose on planet Earth. But, and so I want to stir you up. I want you to stop putting yourself down, thinking in regards of yourselves as a failure, and, and I hope you don't do that, but, and maybe you don't, but maybe you don't think of yourselves in regards to the fact that, that God wants you to succeed in this new year because you're his son and daughter. I'll get ahead of myself, but your purpose in life, if you want to, how many like to set goals? Goal setting. How many set goals last year and didn't go to the gym? They're going to raise your hand. I'm not going to eat that whole pie at one sitting. Just one slice. That's my goal. Well, God bless you. That's a good goal. Now, listen real close, because this will help you if you're going to be in common ground Wednesday night. You should always set your goals in regards to purpose. You should always set goals for your life in regards to your purpose, God-given purpose for life. So if you know what God's called you to do, then set some goals. Abe's a DJ. He should have some goals. He's a worship leader. He should have some goals in regards to that. Here's a Pastor Brad's a contractor. He should have some goals. If you're a student, you should have some goals. If you're a preacher, you should have some goals. But it's all in regards, you know, you want to know my God, two God-given purposes for existing on planet Earth? Number one, I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. Number two, I'm into antiques. 
I'm an antique dealer. I have two. I'm fortunate. So all my goals should center around antiques and being a pastor. But that doesn't mean, yes, I'm a husband. Yes, I'm a father. There's other things that, in regards. But get to know. You know, Caleb today, he was excited, caught another fox. That was your goal? Yeah, you did have a goal. Plus, you got two fox, or goal, and then you had a bobcat last year, too. So there's a purpose in his life. Whether Kaylee wants to recognize his purpose of hunting and trapping. But also learn this. The passion you have in life will always center around your purpose. The passion that you have will center around your purpose in life. Dean, you love vehicles. You're good at what you do. There's a reason for that. Amen? Amen. Mike, Michael likes guns. I've been thinking about that. He loves to clean guns. He takes care of, you know, butchering, and Mike, Micah cleans Caleb's guns. So there's a balance there. They work together. What's that? And I clean the garage, yeah. <laughs> but so, Micah, because of your passion for guns, there, there's probably something down the line years from now, God's going to do something with guns with you. Yeah, Micah's, yeah, yeah. Well, where's your passion? Where's your passion? Discover your passion, you're going to discover your purpose. How would you, um, how do you think the world defines success? Money. What else? Recognition. Power. There's a good one. Possessions. How, what else? Status. That's the world. How do you think our Heavenly Father defines success? By discovering your purpose in life, by discovering your God-given purpose, and then using that purpose to advance or bless the body of Christ. You say, well, I don't feel like I have much to contribute. Maybe, maybe you don't have the big purpose God gives to other people. Well, I'm not going to get very far today. Look at Romans 8. That's all right. I really, really like to, was that a sigh because you're bored or you're just tired? I really like to teach series and take two, three months at a time because it'll get into you by then. Say, my, my life has a God-given purpose. Romans 8. Let's look at uh, verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to According to your purpose, his purpose. 
Too many Christians, it's about their purpose. But with the Heavenly Father, if you want to be successful, it's about pursuing His purpose. Purpose means a deliberate plan, a proposition, an advance plan, an intention, a design. So everything the Father does has a purpose. Everything on this planet He created for a And understand this, and this is very simple. Everything the Father does, His purpose is centered in Christ. In Christ. Say in Christ. Look at Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. You want to know why my two things, my two areas in life have been pastoring and been in the antique business with old stuff, junk you might think is junk? Because I'm passionate about it. And I pursue that with passion. That doesn't mean some days I wake up and just jump out of bed and skip and dance and I'm so happy to be a pastor. No, no. You've got to understand your purpose in life should not be controlled by how you feel. Do you hear me? Because there could be days you don't feel passionate about your purpose, but you've got to go after it anyway. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says in verse, let's start with uh, 10. It says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the, what's your Bible say? According to the eternal purpose, which he accomplished in who? Christ Jesus, our Lord. So the Father's purpose is centered in Christ. And his purpose becomes our purpose because we are in Christ if we're born again believers. Look at look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us. And what? Called us with a holy calling. Have you been saved? Have you been called with a holy calling? Yes. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And let me, let me tell you something. If you want to know if you're, if you're operating in true purpose, there'll be the grace of God to go with it. What do we just see here? Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. And so grace goes with purpose. That's why, you know, why, that's why Kathy and I have been, 
We're still in the ministry. We have friends no longer in the ministry that we started with. Divorced. No longer in the ministry. The only reason we're here today because of purpose and God's grace. So remember that. Whatever you're, you're called to do, if it's a divine purpose, purpose and providence, then you're going to have a grace to fulfill your call. One translation says it this way. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea, a gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. Long before we knew anything about it. Go back to Romans 8. We already read... Verse 28, where we're called according to his purpose. But look, look at verse 29, because this really gives us purpose. It says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Do you know you and I were destined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Boy, that firstborn... Don't go treat these scriptures lightly. Think about that. Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined these, he also called whom he called. He also justified whom he justified. These also he glorified. See, I've been conformed to the image of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, listen, there's a purpose in that. We're supposed to go on into all the world, and the world's supposed to see the fact. They look at us, and they see Jesus, and then they want to know him. Do you know Christ had purpose? Look at John 12. John 12. Everything the Father does, everything Jesus does, everything the Holy Spirit does, everything that you and I do should be done with purpose. This is what Jesus said in verse 27, just just speaks of purpose. Jesus stated, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose, (laughs) I came to this hour. Look at John 18, John 18 and verse 37. Speaking with Pilate, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king for this cause. Or this purpose, I was born. And for this cause, I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the power of the enemy. Purpose. Look at Acts 26. Do you think the Apostle Paul had purpose? (laughs) Well, it tells us the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 26 and verse 14, it says when he'd fallen to the ground, he's relating to his, his experience 
on the road, remember we was thrown from the from his horse. He said, when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goad. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Now look at verse 16, because this, here's purpose. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you've seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Why? To open their eyes in order to turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Would you say that's purpose? You don't need to turn there, but Apostle Paul talking to his son Timothy, spiritual son Timothy, says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, Timothy, manner of life, purpose, purpose. So Father has purpose, Jesus has purpose, the Holy Ghost has purpose. The Apostle Paul had purpose. We can go through all the, the apostles, they had a purpose. Do you think you have a purpose? Look at this scripture. I'm going to then I'll uh, I'm going to read one thing to you and then we'll we'll stop. Because I really want to stir you up to the fact to where you it's so ingrained in you that you know you have a purpose in life. You're on planet earth for a purpose, for a reason. And maybe you're older now in life. That's, that's all right. You still have a purpose. But there's a purpose for your existence. Psalm 139, let me read it to you, verse 13. And we're talking about purpose and providence. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as there were none, as yet there were none of them. Is there a purpose there? The apostle Jer or the prophet Jeremiah <clears throat> and the apostle Paul <clears throat> were called by God before they were born. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 and Galatians chapter 1 verse 15. John the Baptist, do you remember when he was in his mother's womb what happened? What's the, the you remember what happened when Mary Leaped in his mother's womb. You and I had a spiritual identity even when we were in our mother's womb. That's why when you look at killing the unborn, think about that. I had a destiny. I had a calling. 
even when I was in my mother's womb. Even before the foundation of the earth, I had a destiny. God knew who I was and what he intended for me to do. And it's no different for me than it is for you. Let me close. I won't read it all, but I want to close with this today. Rick Renner says, Thus, before God ever spoke the earth into existence, before his booming voice ever called out for the first layers of the earth's crust to be put in place, he had already spoken our names. See, if you'll start, let this get in you. Let this become an understanding, a a true revelation. You won't put yourself down. You'll see yourselves in light of the scriptures, scripture on how God the Father sees you. He quotes this and he does a, a, a revision of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Ephesians 1 and verse 4, which says, According, he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and, holy and without blame. But he, I go too fast. And without blame before him in love. Now, here's the translation of that scripture. When God saw us, he said, Out, I say. In that moment, he separated us from the rest of the world and enlisted us in his service. And think of it. He did all of this before he ever hurled the first layers of the earth's crust into existence. So if your flesh ever tries to rant and rave that you're not worthy enough to be used or that you're just an accident, you need to take authority over your flesh and tell it to shut its stupid mouth. You need to declare... God chose me, and he planned a great future for me. He wants to use me. I'm not going to listen anymore to this foul garbage from my lying flesh and unrenewed emotions. I have an awesome destiny. In fact, I'm a significant part of God's plan. Don't listen to your filthy, stinking, lying flesh anymore. God has been waiting for your arrival for a very long time. It's time for you to accept his assignment and make the necessary changes to flow with his program. He's calling you out to he's calling you out all the time saying, "Get up. Jump in the race. I want you. I'm calling you to be a part of my team." There's too much at stake for you to make the mistake of sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself. You'll only begin to experience true significance when you accept the fact that God has chosen you. And when you begin to live up to that glorious calling he's placed on your life, no matter how large or small the task. See, I used to, th- I used to think I had to have a big church to be successful. Long time. And I realized I don't have to be a, a pastor of a big church. There's more churches like ours out there than there are big churches. No matter how large or small the task, no matter how big or tiny the assignment, joy and satisfaction will be yours when you start accomplishing what God brought you into this world to do. This is what imparts true significance to a person's life. No satisfaction compares with this satisfaction. Those who contribute nothing to life are usually the ones who struggle with a sense of purposelessness or no purpose for your life. Even if you think your gifts are small in comparison to others, you can still use them. If you use the gifts God gives you, then they will increase. And the more proficient you become at using those gifts, the more valuable you will be, be to be, 
the more valuable you will become to your family, your church, your business, and your friends. On the other hand, you will cause your life to be you will cause your life to be inconsequential if you ignore the gifts God gave you and minimize the life assignment he has entrusted to you. A person's life becomes pointless when he or she contributes nothing to the world. Don't let that describe your life. God didn't bring you into the world so you'd live a pointless and inconsequential life. He has a purpose for your life. He wants to use you. He wants you to be a significant part of his plan. And I'll tell you what, that's some of the finest preaching you could ever hear. Well, some of you look like, my God, my man. I said, that's one of the greatest messages the body of Christ could ever hear right now today at the beginning of a new year. So start acting like you got purpose. What do you want to be in life? I don't know. I just don't have any purpose. That's pathetic. Say, I have a purpose. See, and you need to discover that. Say, I don't know exactly what I'm called to do. Just relax. Just relax and listen to the word. Listen to the scriptures. Get it on the inside of you, and you'll discover your purpose. You'll discover your purpose. My purpose in life really wasn't, I really didn't begin to enter into my purpose in life until I started by faith, walking in what I already knew. Just being faithful in little things. Oh, I can't be faithful in little things because I'm just waiting to be a big thing. I got a big purpose. We'll start with little things. Be faithful in little things. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better about my life and my purpose. Plan to succeed in this new year. Purpose and providence.